Greetings, campers. It's yet another glorious day here at Camp One Clap on the One Clap Speech Debate Podcast. And today, on day 27, we're back to continue to help interpreters survive in the wilds of speech and debate terrain that is the upcoming season. I'm your camp director, Lyle Wiley, and camp counselor Izzy Garcia is back to assist us in the navigation of interpretive competition with the final episode of the Interp Survival Guide, The Philosophy of Interp. Don't forget to check the One Clap socials for today's social media challenge topic. Also, the ABCs of debate with Professor Graham and Kevin continues to drop hit after alphabetical hit for debaters to learn from and enjoy. Okay, friends, the savage and dangerous universe of Interp is before you, but help is on the way. It's time for episode four of the Interp Survivor Guide with Counselor Izzy Garcia. Hello, my name is Cam Counselor Izzy. Yes, it's actually me this time and not Rico. Rico went to Fort Lauderdale, you know, for vacation. Today, I wanted to take things beyond the world of practice in the tournament. My goal with the survival guide this entire time was giving you all the information, tips, and tricks on how to become an effective interpreter. We went over some good tips to survive the tournament, some practice strategies, and even stuff on the preseason. Today, I want to talk about the philosophy of interp. I know, that seems a little abstract. What do I mean by philosophy? What I mean is the elements of speech and debate that are always talked about but never really analyzed to a great extent. I'm talking about the mindset, the ability, and the determination of an individual. The world of competitive acting really creates a lot of baggage when it comes to the grand scheme of things. When we talk about interp and competition, I hear the same lines of dialogue all the time. I hear, I can't do it. I, I wish I was like this person. To be frank, these attitudes are not going to get you on the stage. Period. I believe in order to survive the wilds of interp, I want to leave you in this final episode with how to think like a successful interper. Welcome to the philosophy of interp. Today we're going to be talking about three things. First, the mindset. Next, the ability. And lastly, the determination. Number one, mindset. To start this dense process off, we're going to be talking about the mind of an interpreter. I know, scary place. In all honesty, this is the great portion of the battle. When we're talking about the mindset of an interpreter, we have to start somewhere. In order to begin thinking like a successful interpreter, every single person who does an interpreter should ask themselves why they want to do it. Now, the hope is, is that the person is attracted to the event in some way. They want to communicate a story, etc. But I will even take, I think I'm good in this, and I want to win. There needs to be some sort of goal that you have in mind. Once you have that goal, then you're able to fine-tune a lot of the habits that you need in order to develop and meet the goal. After the why, we're going to need to ask, how? How are we going to achieve this goal? Now, you can easily answer this question with one sentence, and that's all fine and dandy. However, what I think you should do is take a piece of paper, write down your why or your goal, and then start writing a list of things you should be doing to either passively or actively help you reach your goal. I don't want you to think about scale here. I want you to think about what is the most obtainable task I can do in order to reach my goal. 
That is going over your lines, trying new techniques that could fit into your piece, presenting to your family. This shouldn't be an active attack against your person or your abilities. Rather, it should be a celebration of what you can do in order to help reach your goal. I find a lot of the times that competitors in interp events, they're just attracted to their events. They don't really have a goal that they want to reach. While I think being attracted to your event is a definite bonus when competing in it, I always think you should have some sort of goal. Without a goal, you're just kind of floating in the space of competing without really knowing why you want to compete. I know, I'm asking for a lot when it comes to this activity that should be fun and joyous and not so philosophical, but in all honesty, I think a lot of us interpreters really want to find the success of some of the greats. In order to do that, we should be having a more philosophical approach to this activity in our interp events. In all of this, to kind of summarize and reach the end of this point, have a goal, have a why, but most importantly, don't antagonize yourself with these questions. This is just a building block to help you to become a better interpreter. Number two, I want to start off talking about ability by saying that I believe each and every single person in speech and debate that I have witnessed can make it to the national stage. I know. In Wyoming, we are faced with a lot of talent that has not yet blossomed and, frankly, the scarcity of resources. However, I am an avid believer in paving the way yourself and finding a way to get you to that national stage. A lot of coaches in the state of Wyoming have the ability to take people to the national stage. They are talented and knowledgeable to the point that it's almost scary. Listen to your coaches and believe that they can take you far. But we're not talking about current hurdles or the quality of coaches here. What we're talking about is the ability that we all possess when we are in interp. When I talk about ability, a lot of people assume that the best interpreters have a natural talent that cannot be replaced. While I do agree with a portion of that statement, I refuse the rest of it as well. And say, you can just be as talented as the best person in the room if you know what your abilities are and if you know how to hone those abilities to make you the best performer possible. I covered this a little bit in Practice Habits, where I talked about you should have the goal and mindset of running your piece every single time fully through. But that was a habit to help you nurture your abilities. In order to understand your true ability, what I need you to do is to sit down, stand up, or do something that makes you feel comfortable, and think... What are my limitations as an interpreter? Can I do a backflip? Can I sing? Then do the inverse. What can't you do? Can I not do a split on the stage? Can I not do crazy voices? Can I not run around in a giant circle? If you can play into your physical comedy more, if you can play into your theatrics, if you can do what you can do as an interpreter, then I think you're in a better position when competing. If you're working with your abilities and not against them, then you don't have to worry about what other people are doing. That's what they're doing, and that's their abilities. An effective interpreter focuses on their own abilities that they possess and try to perfect it. We're not all going to be a national champion with a bunch of physical ability and immaculate stage presence or crazy talent. We may be soft-spoken. 
We may have physical limitations that prevent us from doing things in our performance, so we work around those and try to understand who we are and what we can do in order to present us in the best way possible. So instead of focusing on what another person can do, or what this person can do, I want you to focus on what you can do and what you bring to the table that is unique to the speech and debate community. I believe that each and every single person in this activity has something to bring to the table that is new and unique. And if you're constantly belittling yourself, constantly critiquing yourself, then what you're doing is, is you're preventing yourself from showing that unique and beautiful performer you are. I'm very tired of going into rounds and hearing, I can't do this, I can't do this. If you're in that mindset at a tournament, then I promise you, you have already lost. I need you to get out of that mindset of comparing yourself to others and thinking that you cannot do the event that you are good at because I promise you, you can. You always have the opportunity to present yourself and be successful in this activity. We just need you to start believing in yourself first. Us coaches can give you the best advice this side of the Mississippi. But if you don't believe it, and if you don't focus on it, then there's nothing else we can do. I know. I got a little serious there. And I try not to be a serious person. I try to have fun and be joyous, but this is something that has been bothering me for a long time in speech and debate. Seeing you amazing competitors not believing in yourself and... That comes with a lot of hurdles in this activity. You have the power to be successful. Now believe in it. Number three, determination. Now, I could easily throw determination into the mindset portion and talk about how you need to have this mindset of determination in order to get through the struggles of speech and debate. However, I don't think people understand the physical properties of determination when it comes to this activity. When I talk about determination, what I mean is that you have to be physically ready to go through this entire season and see it through to the other side. I have witnessed tens, if not hundreds, of competitors lose their way in this activity due to severe fatigue and physical burnout from competing. Our schedule in Wyoming starts in October and ends, if you qualify for nationals, in June. That is an intense season, more intense than some physical sports. That requires a lot of rest and relaxation and, importantly, a lot of determination. You have to be physically ready to go through anything in this event in order to be successful. You have to find the time to perform at your best and then, on the flip side, find enough time to recover before your next round and the cycle will repeat over and over again for potentially up to four years. Determination for me looks like you presenting yourself and trying your best, while also meeting the mental demands of this activity. I know for a lot of people, they just like to have fun and not really think about how much physically this is taking a toll on their body, which is completely fine and fair. We shouldn't be thinking about all the bad this activity is doing, but in order to place yourself above the rest, it will benefit you to start thinking about what your body needs during such an intense time. I can tell you as a coach now, on my third year, it is hard for me to get through a season without feeling physically fatigued from all this activity. If you can find the strength and vigor to get you through this season, then I promise you the mental strains in this activity are going to be a piece of cake. This looks like music. This looks like meditation. 
This looks like support through your family or your friends. This is enjoying your weekends whenever you have them. Enjoying your breaks whenever you have them. This is everything you can do to make yourself and your body happy. I know when we get to a certain point of the traveling season, it gets harder for us to eat well, but I encourage you guys to try to eat the best as you can. The season is so hard and takes such a toll on your body, especially if you put junk into your body 24-7. And I know, the allure of a gas station and buying Takis and, and Mountain Dews and all that good stuff is amazing, and it's fun at times. But just be conscious of what you're putting into your body and how that affects you at the tournament. To transition here, I want to share that I understand what it means to lose hope and interest in this activity. Now, I want to share something a little bit more personal. I was going through a lot in my high school years, to say the least. I was moving around a lot and dealing with some unsavory characters in my life. That led me to develop anxiety and depression and made my speech and debate journey physically demanding and would even make me sick at certain points in time. However, when I started believing in this activity, when I started believing in my own abilities, when I found ways to calm my body and mind down at the tournament, I was able to go through the struggles and actually find a stride and success in this event. I don't know what you're personally going through, and I will never know the pain that you're going through. I don't know your circumstances. But I want you to know that I've been there, and I've done that. And truly, from the bottom of my heart, I hope that this event can bring you some solace. I hope you can find the determination and peace in this activity, both mentally and physically, to stay with us. This activity is daunting, it's brutal, it's exhausting and long, and I can say so many bad things about this activity. However, this activity saved my life. And I hope it can do the same for you. Even if it doesn't, I hope by the end of your time with us, it gave you one good memory. The Interp Survival Guide started off as a way to get my knowledge out there to the masses. I hope I did that. However, by the end of this, I learned that the survival guide was a message to the interp crowd. You can do anything in this activity, as long as you believe in yourself. This was a safe haven and a beacon of inspiration for any interper or even debater, platform speaker, or limited prepper to listen to and feel like somebody understands them. I hope I was able to achieve that. I want to give a final thanks to Lyle Wiley. <laughs> for giving me this platform to talk about my favorite thing in the world. And I hope you had a fun and safe adventure with the Interp Survival Guide. From the bottom of my little heart, I hope you have a good one. I hope you save a life. And thank you for being here. Goodbye. <laughs> Many thanks to Camp Counselor Izzy Garcia for providing a whole lot of foundational ideas and tools for surviving in the intense world of Interp with the Interp Survival Guide. I sure enjoyed Izzy's series, and I'm looking forward to seeing Izzy on the tournament trail this season and working with them on more awesome One Clap content in the future. What's next for Camp One Clap? Well, tomorrow we'll be joined by NSTA Student of the Year finalist and all-around speech and debate superstar Danny Scholes for a Counselor Campfire Chat. Also, Camp Counselor Adrian Graham will drop even more debate video blockbusters with a new daily episode of Professor Graham and Kevin's ABCs of Debate Daily. 
Don't forget, social media challenges are live for every day of camp this August. I hope you have a fabulous day, campers. If you need a good laugh, go to the mountains. Mountains aren't just funny, they're hilarious. For Camp One Clap, this is Camp Director Wiley, signing off. <laughs>